I've been waiting 23 years to say that. You know what I remembered uh, just before we started recording, and I almost texted you about it, but I was like, no, I'll save it for the recording. I remembered that this show was like such a cultural phenomenon uh, that it was even in that friggin' stupid Bloodhound Gang song. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yep. Well, we and both then we'll do so it doggy style so we can X-Files. both watch X-Files. Yeah, now that to me is sexy. Yeah. Doing it and just watching X-Files at the same Gonna time. Gonna have to change my oh. dating profile to include that lyric. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that just now and I was like, oh man, I gotta mention that. <laughs> Jesus. So funny. Uh, this is uh, the FBI's most unwanted. I'm, I'm Justin. Wow, <laughs> I just blanked for a second. <laughs> you didn't remember your own name. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Well then, um, today we are talking about season two, episode sixteen. This one is titled "Colony." Uh. It was directed by Nick Mark. The story is by David Duchovny and Chris Carter. I believe this is the first one that David Duchovny had story input on. No, I'm pretty sure the first one he had input on was where he has a Speedo. Yes, that was not story. That was aesthetic. He's like, no. He he went to the wardrobe department and they handed him some like regular old swim trunks. And he was like, no, my dick needs to be in this episode. Give me the speedo. (laughs) Uh, And uh, the teleplay uh, was written by Chris Carter. And it's originally aired February 10th, 1995. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, just some background information. Uh, this is the first appearance on screen of Bill Mulder, who is uh, obviously Fox's father. And they originally wanted Darren McGavin, who was Kolchak the Night Stalker, to play Bill Mulder. Uh, but there were some scheduling conflicts and he couldn't do it. Uh, so they got actor Peter Donnett. I'm not sure what he is from. I didn't recognize him, but I thought it was interesting they wanted Darren McGavin. That could have been uh, interesting. And anything else? Well, the main, to mention the main about thing, him? I mean, he plays a pretty prominent role, but the one of the actors, I'm like, wow, that guy looks very familiar. Uh, they got Brian Earl Thompson, uh, the only thing I know him in is he plays Shao Kong in Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat. Yes. Uh, I believe... Yes, this is the first time that character came into uh, came into the series, and he will be a recurring character. We'll talk about him when we get to... I didn't recognize him because I've never seen Mortal Kombat, but he does... I mean, 
he has a face you yeah. can't forget. He's been a lot of stuff because yeah. I brought up his IMDb because I was like, I'm trying because when I originally brought it up, I was like, I know this guy from something, but what is it? And Moral Combat didn't come to mind right away. But he's been in a shit ton of stuff last year. Mm. Yeah. Really? Hmm. That's all. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> Because I, like I said, I've never seen him in anything else. And you, you, I would remember if I had. So it's interesting that he's been in a bunch of stuff. It must be just a bunch of stuff. I've- well, it was mostly a lot of like weird shows. Uh, mm-hmm. mo- like, uh, op- I think it's like 911 was one of them. He was on in Orville, I guess. I've been meaning to watch that. Everyone I know that's seen it actually likes it. And I've just never watched it. I feel like I've watched an episode and I was just like, okay. And then that was really it. <laughs> oh, he's played several characters in Star Trek. Uh, I wonder, because I still haven't seen... I bet he was under uh, in that one. I'm looking. He was in one of the movies. He was a Klingon, so I wouldn't recognize him because he'd be under heavy makeup. Uh, Klingon, yeah. Uh, so I have seen him in stuff. He's just been under heavy makeup because he's played aliens. So that's why I, uh, yeah, that explains that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, let's just dive in then, I guess. Um, so the episode opens... Um, in the middle of a plot line, it opens, uh, with Mulder being airlifted into a field hospital in the Arctic. And he's giving this kind of, uh, there's a Mulder voiceover. He's like, you know, I've pursued this at great risk to my career and yada, 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 and even my life and stuff like that. And Mulder is not looking so good. He's very, very pale. He's got uh, what looks like maybe some frostbite and stuff. And Scully kind of barges into this hospital as they're putting Mulder into a tub of water. And Scully's like, no, look, uh, what's his, I need to know his condition. And they're like, well, he's in a severe hyperther- uh, hypothermia. And she goes, don't warm him up. The cold is the only thing keeping him alive. You you have to keep him cold. You can't warm him up. And uh, because they've put him into a tub of warm water to try to warm him up, Mulder flatlines. And that's... Uh, so we're kind of left going, okay, what's happening? But... Uh, we don't find out right away because this entire episode is a flashback to how we got to that point. (laughs) Um, So after the credits, we go to two weeks earlier uh, and there are some guys out on a boat. Uh, They see a light up in the sky uh, UFO kind of deal and it crashes into the sea and they pull the body out of the water and the body that they pull out of this water is the the actor we were just discussing this guy Brian Thompson who is going to play uh, the character doesn't have a name beyond alien bounty hunter but we'll get to that uh, two days later flash forward uh, the bounty hunter 
shows up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton. Scranton. All I can think, oh God, this is a tangent. All I can think of uh, when I hear Scranton is there's this, and this is such a random thing for it to be stuck in my head. But uh, there's this really old episode, of course, really old. What I'm about to say, that seems redundant. But there's this episode of All in the Family, and I'll never forget. It's one of the ones where Edith, it's one of the rare episodes where Edith actually gets really mad and yells at Archie. And she wants to go visit her relatives in Scranton, and he doesn't want to go. And finally, she gets all pissed. She's like, we're going to Scranton! (laughs) Just, every time I hear Scranton, all I can hear is that Edith Bunker voice from All in the Family. Going to Scranton! Go Scranton! Going to Scranton! Uh, so, the alien bounty hunter... and I just blew people's ears out yelling Scranton. Uh, alien bounty hunter... Alien bounty hunter goes to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Goes to an abortion clinic. And kills a doctor by stabbing him in the back of the neck with this, like, little stiletto weapon that he's got. You know, the little needle thing pops out. And then the alien bounty hunter sets the building on fire and gets away. And so that's that. It kind of looks like um, like a smaller kind of one of those, like, little projections they used to, like, um, mm-hmm. kill livestock. A little bit, yeah. It looks kind of like a bolt weapon yeah. for, yeah, for killing er, bolt uh, killer. That yeah, you would put it between the cow's eyes and it's supposed to be the more humane way to, to. Oh, they had one in it, chapter yeah. one. That's what Mike, yeah, Mike went. Mike had to kill the sheep. Yeah. Uh, only it's not like a air gun. It's it's kind of like a knife, but also a bolt. It's it. It's like a sharpened one. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so anyway, after that happens, Mulder gets these emails, uh, that has the obituary of the doctor that we just saw the alien bounty hunter kill, plus the obituaries of two other doctors who look just like the, uh, the doctor that we saw killed and Scully's like, so they're triplets and Mulder's like, no, like, in fact, not only could I not find any connection between them, I couldn't find any evidence that they lived in this country at all, period, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. So they go to investigate and they go to this sheriff guy in Scranton who found this like pro-life priest who had threatened one of the doctors and they talked to that guy and he's like you know God's holy mission and all that stuff and turns out he had a newspaper on him that just had the doctor's picture and said do you know this man and had a phone number and so they are like okay so they go to the newspaper And they find that it was placed by a guy who didn't leave a name, didn't leave anything like that. He paid for two weeks or he paid for one week, but asked for it to be run for two weeks. 
and actually never came back to pay the second week. So Mulder pays for the second week of the ad to get access to their telephone so he can listen to their tip line. And it gets them the tip about somebody saw this man. His name is Aaron Baker in Syracuse, New York. So there is a fourth identical doctor person that uh, they're like, okay, we got to save this guy. I think and the funny thing about this is because the next thing is they call the Syracuse uh, Police Department. Or they call the, the Syracuse uh, Division of the FBI. Oh, right? okay. I missed that part because... Yes, because it, it plays into what happens in a little well, bit. I realize it, like, I know going forward, like, I must have missed some sort of cross because mm-hmm. they call up that, that bureau and Mulder's mm-hmm. just like, hey, it's Mulder. Uh, I have. Yeah, he says, hey, it's Agent Mulder. Yeah, yeah. like, he's so, he's so cash about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I'm just like, yeah, wait, what? Said- yeah, if you blinked, you missed it. It was one of the ones where they, they put uh, Syracuse FBI field office uh, across the bottom right before that guy answered the phone. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, or he said, maybe he said FBI when he answered. Maybe that was it. Maybe he said FBI field office or something. I think maybe that was, or Syracuse field office, I think he said when he answered. Maybe that was it. Yeah, it just, just watched this. so bizarre because it's just like, oh, it's this guy named Mulder. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it, I think what it was is they probably had, because he picks it up and says uh, Syracuse field office. That's what it is. And so they must have like uh, like an employee, they must have like an employees only line. So when he picks up that phone, in part- it's like maybe only other agents have that particular phone number yeah. so the public can't call it so that when he says hi i'm agent Mulder," he knows that he's probably an agent because nobody else has that telephone number <laughs> yeah either way I, like it probably if i go back i probably would see it but i was just so thrown out thrown off by it at first like everyone yeah. knows each other <laughs> yeah right um have we been to a concert? In, I know we've been to something in Saratoga. I was trying to remember if we had been to like a concert in Syracuse, but I don't think we. Have. We've been outside of. We've been to a concert outside of Syracuse. Yeah, out in. Uh, yeah, I think it was in Saratoga. Could be wrong. Well, there was maybe it was right in. Where's Clifton Park? Because. Oh yeah, that's over that direction too, Clifton Park. Yeah. I was like, boy, I know, because I have a cousin that went to, I was trying to remember if I had ever been to Syracuse, and I'm like, I think we I went know to we a concert for in some yeah. for something, but I know Clifton Park is closed-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. No, maybe not. Um, mm. Or maybe that's, <laughs> either way, yeah, but either way, I, I know, know the it area, seems... just not that well. So anyway, uh, up in Syracuse, this FBI agent, Barrett Weiss, he goes to this Baker guy's house. And when he gets there, he notices that Baker isn't alone uh, through the front window. So he sneaks around to the back of the house. And in the meantime, the alien bounty hunter is inside and he has his little weapon and he stabs Weiss in the back of the neck. Or not Weiss, excuse me, Baker. And Baker collapses to the floor and turns into a pile of green goo. 
And in the same time, Barrett Weiss, he kicks in the door and he's like, you know, freeze FBI. And this is where we get the second occurrence of, uh, we've seen this before. It happened to Mulder where the alien blood is toxic to humans. It puts off some sort of fumes uh, because Weiss shoots this guy, the alien bounty hunter, who starts to like spew his green acidic weird blood and it affects uh, Agent Weiss and he like has like start, he can't see or whatever and he can't breathe. And so cut to Mulder and Scully, they show up and they go to the door and nobody's there. And then behind them, they hear, oh, uh, Agent Mulder and Agent Scully. And they turn around and it's Agent Weiss, quote unquote. And he's like, no one's home. There's like two weeks worth of mail in the mailbox. Uh, I think we're too late. And Mulder's like, okay. And so they leave and Agent Weiss goes to the trunk of his car and he opens it up and Agent Weiss's dead body is inside. Dun, dun, face is, dun, 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 dun. And this is when we realize that the alien bounty hunter is a shapeshifter because his face goes from being Agent Weiss's face to being the regular face that he uses. Um, and he walks away. And, and some of the, leaves the some of the horror like part of those like really bad graphics of like a face mm-hmm. change. Yeah, those early ninety, those mid nineties graphics to make his face change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then uh, back at the Hoover Building in DC, uh, Skinner calls Mulder into his office. He's like, "Look." where have you been? <laughs> and um, Mulder's like, I was out on a case. And Skinner's like, uh, an official case. And Mulder's like, no, like I thought we had kind of an understanding when it comes to the X-Files. And Skinner's like, yeah, well, the people above me don't have that same understanding. And now an agent is dead and Mulder's like, Whoa, wait, what? And Skinner tells him, you know, agent Weiss is dead. And Mulder's like, that's fucking impossible. Like I just barely talked to him. He was there. And Skinner's like, yeah, well, he's not, he's dead and he's dead because of you. And you and I both, our ass is grass right now, so you're done. Just whatever you're doing, just fucking stop until we can get this cleared up so that we can both be out of trouble. And it seems like Skinner's being a dick, but really he's just trying to make sure Mulder doesn't get in any more trouble. He's like, yeah, just go home, be done with it. Like, don't do anything official or unofficial related to this case which we know isn't going to happen because it's Mulder Uh, so Mulder goes to meet Scully uh... wait I'm trying to remember I just just watched this he he goes back to like his office and Scully uh, Scully calls him 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And is like, hey, did you check your? It like, kind of explains it. Yeah, Weiss is dead. And yep. And then they. And so that's when they decide to do his. Sh- sh- yes, that's when he doesn't go to meet her to do the autopsy. He tells her first that he's dead and that maybe she should look at the body. Yeah. So she does, and she's like, okay, well, this is weird. Uh, he has no sign. Uh, there's no bullet wounds. There's no stab wounds. There's no this. There's no that. Uh, but his blood is like super coagulated. Like it says here in the initial autopsy report from the first medical examiner that his blood is basically jelly, but they can't find any substance that would coagulate his blood that much in his tox screen. So that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, and his face is all messed up and stuff. Presumably from having the toxic fumes put in his face. I think that's what happened to Mulder the first time that happened to him. Um, and then there's like a something that happens. I'm not entirely sure like what I looked away or something but there's some sort of thing where Mulder eventually runs he's like going somewhere and he meets this guy he's go- okay okay i got it uh he's going to weiss's place or what where weiss lived and he runs into the cia guy okay that's where he was going okay i i or something I, along like, those zoned- lines like he's yeah i zoned out for like a second and then all of a sudden he was talking to this uh, Ambrose Chapel, who works for the CIA, yeah. who's like, look, um, I have a lot of information about this case you're working on. And so Mulder and Scully meet with this CIA guy, Chapel, who's like, look, uh, all these guys, all of these doctors that are all working at these abortion clinics, they're all clones. There was a, there, there was this Soviet genetics program that figured out how to like take different traits and like create clones is essentially what it comes down to. And they're being hunted down by the Russian and the U S governments together. So this is state, this is state, state sanctioned murder. And you could solve it by, by helping me find these guys. And I know, and Mulder's like, well, I think I know where one of them is. He lives right here in D.C. His name is James Dickens. They got an email. There's another email stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's just another email thing. So Mulder, Scully and Chapel go to Dickens's house and Dickens opens the door and he sees Agent Chapel or whatever they call the CIA guys. He sees this guy Chapel. Uh, and he like, is like, oh shit. And he runs, jumps out his own window, falls like two or three stories to the pavement. And Scully's like, oh my God, I'll call a, a, a call an EMT. And this dude gets up and Mulder's like, wait, he's, he's getting up. Wait, he's running away. <laughs> and so this guy, Dickens, he's running away. And so, uh, at this point, we can pretty much figure out that this chapel guy is not on the level. In fact, uh, they 
don't tell us this outright, but it's pretty much you can figure out he's the alien bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, so Mulder and Chapel and Scully, they run after Dickens. Uh, Mulder gets hit by a car <laughs> very hard, by the way, to just like get up and seem to be fine. Not only that, but the person in the car didn't even stop. Like, I'm pretty sure there was a nobody in that car. <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, he's, like, there on the pavement, and Scully runs up, and she's, like, are you okay? And he's, like, I just had the wind knocked out of me. Keep chasing him. I'm, like, he got hit really hard. Not only did the person in the car not stop to check on him, there was at least three bystanders that were close by that you can see in the background just walking just normally, like, nothing happened. No one got like, hit by I a car. Saw, I would at least, even though Scully was right there, like, checking on him, I would at least kind of stop yeah. and look if somebody got hit by a car and be like... Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, like, someone got hit by a yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so... Uh, anyway, the point is, uh, Dickens, uh, Scully kind of like chases him, uh, but Chapel has already gone on ahead and Chapel is like, oh, uh, I lost him. He, he got away around that corner and Scully kind of goes around the corner. Um, and steps in the pile of green acidic goo left behind by the dead body. And so the next day, Scully is like... Well, she hey. she talks to, quote-unquote, the CIA guy who was yes. standing there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he got away. Uh, he must have gone up the fire escape, which is clearly, like, not even down at all. Not Yeah, not down where he could get to it. Yeah, and then that's when she, like, checks the same spot that he walks out of and steps mm-hmm. in, the goo, in the green goo. In the green goo. And so the next day, Scully goes and she's like, Hey, Mulder, uh, this guy, Chapel, like, is he really who you think he is? And Mulder's like, Yep, I trust him. And Scully's like, What happened to trust no one? <laughs> and he's like, Well, now I trust everyone. Like, some weird, th- I changed it to trust every. It's a bizarre he's thing. He's not really. He pulls out, like, a big file. He's like, you think I didn't investigate this guy? Like, here's his entire work history. He's, like, a, he's on the level. He's a good he's a good standing at the CIA and yada, yada, yada. And so Scully then goes, look, uh, here's a weird thing. See this shoe? Uh, I bought this shoe a month ago and last night I stepped in some weird green goo and it ate a hole all the way through my shoe. (laughs) Um, And Mulder's like, that's weird. Send it to the lab. And so now kind of a lot of things start to happen at once because there's two Mulder and Scully break apart at this point because, uh, Mulder gets called back to Skinner's office because he has a report to deliver. 
And when he gets there, he goes, I'm so sorry. You know, he's like, he thinks Skinner's calling him for his report. And he's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. And Skinner's like, no, no. Um, that's not the reason I called you. Your father's been trying to get a hold of you. He says there's a family emergency. And so Mulder calls his dad and his mother answers. And he goes, oh, mom, I didn't expect you to answer. Uh, is dad dad there and she's like yeah and so bill comes to the phone and he's like look uh i asked you i you know there's something going on i can't tell you about it right now like just just get here come home like your mother is already here uh just just get here and so Mulder goes to leave and scully comes in with something that she thinks is important and Mulder's like not to tell me about it later i i'm leaving i have to go and Scully has a bag that came from Dr. Dickens' home that has an address on it that's not his home address. So she goes there and finds this lab that uh, I guess we saw the lab earlier briefly. We saw a different variation of this lab uh, in yes. the episode where Deep Throat gets shot. Yes, it kind of looks a lot like that same lab, only this one has fetuses, not like full-grown clones. And while she's there, she finds uh, several chapels. There's, what, four of them? I think there's there? about four. Um, or no, chapel is there, excuse oh. me. Not, cha not chapel, um... She finds four, um, well, of these identical dudes. And Chapel is there. He's destroying the lab. And these dudes are hiding. They're all the, um, oh, uh, Gregors. They call them the Gregors. That's what the it is. Gregors. I, I said Chapel. I meant, yeah, the Gregors. And the Gregors are the, the, all the guys that look the same. They're the clones. But Chapel is there. He's been destroying the lab and the Gregors have been hiding. And the Gregors are like, look, you, you have to hide us. We're the only ones left. We, we need protection. So she calls the U.S. Marshals and they come and they pick up the Gregors. And she's like, just take them, put them all in cells, like keep them away from anybody. Don't let them have nothing. No visitors, no press, no nothing because they're in danger and while she's standing there uh obviously the alien bounty hunter is not far away he's watching he knows where these guys are being taken because a few minutes ago he was there as quote-unquote chapel and this is where things get extra weird because Mulder goes back to uh Massachusetts to his father's house and when he gets there his father's outside having a smoke and Mulder's like what's going on very and ominous spot too like goes up to the yeah. door and he's like your mom needs a couple minutes as he's smoking a cigarette like in like some dark area not even in light just 
Yep. And he says some, like, really cryptic shit, yeah. too. Like, Mulder's like, what's going on? And he doesn't give him any kind of straight answer. He just says, like, this weird, riddly shit. And then Mulder looks in the door and sees his mother there crying and sees the back of another woman's head. And he's like, well, who's in there with mom? And this is when Bill drops the bomb. He goes, that's... Samantha and you're like uh what <laughs> what did you think when Bill said that this was Samantha by the way I gotta well like, when he says this I is thought, your sister I, I kind of I kind of saw it coming in turn I like I'm like okay so the parents are involved they're getting involved in something mm-hmm. so I'm like it's either gonna be like they have some info of maybe her like of his of their daughter's abduction that they mm-hmm. just re- didn't want to give Mulder till now for some weird reason or mm-hmm. it's she's back which I'm okay. be, reminder to anyone who's listening to this for the first time and hasn't really listened to anything else you're starting on the wrong episode well, by the way if you well, first, <laughs> go back yeah, in time for, first <laughs> of all yeah but if anyone you're, if you're still wondering like I've still this is my first time watching so Mm-hmm. I'm my assumption is I don't think that's really his his sister. Okay. Because of the fact that this episode is dealing with clones, but that as well as I don't know like her she like take like Mulder takes care of like puts his her his mom to bed and to mm-hmm. get some rest and then goes outside to start talking to her uh to his Samantha. Right. And starts having that whole conversation about like like the just so you know like foster family uh, took really good care of me. Um, mm-hmm. Well, she says, uh, yeah. Fa- she she goes, you know, when I woke up, I, I didn't remember who I was, and they put me with this other family that raised me as their own, yeah. and uh. Then I started to like remember real mom and dad, and at first it was diagnosed as like anxiety and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but then it's like she's like, "I need your help," because uh, mm. aliens are coming back because they. I this, I was a little confused. Did they? Did okay. So here's here's what goes on basically. Uh, just to remove your confusion and explain, basically what happens is Samantha. Who for all for for now that's what we're gonna call her, even though I know you don't think she's gonna be the real Samantha, but she's been missing for for twenty two years, and she's revealing to Fox uh, to Mulder that she uh, has been raised by these other people, and she says, you know, um, my father is in trouble. They're hunting, you know, he's hunting my father. And Mulder's like your father, and she's like, yeah, one of the one of the guys whose murders you're investigating, they're aliens, and they're being hunted by other aliens, and like the alien bounty hunter, the one that's hunting them, he can look like anybody, so you can't recognize yeah. him, but I can recognize him. Uh, so <laughs> she's basically just told Mulder, her brother. That she was raised for like 22 years by aliens. Yeah. Um, and that's what the part that kind of bugs me is like, oh, so she can see the shapeshifter, but, or know the shapeshifter, but they can't. I'm not. Well, a- the, the 
Earlier in the episode, don't forget, though, uh, that Dickens, one of the Gregors, he recognized uh, the alien bounty hunter, even though he was disguised as Chapel. True. So yeah. there's some tell. I, I uh, They don't say in this episode what the tell is, and I honestly can't remember if we ever find out. I can't remember. But there's apparently some kind of tell, that, or she's not human herself that we will find out uh, so anyway during this whole thing um Mulder and Scully they're playing phone tag and all I could think for this entire thing is all of these problems don't exist in the age of the modern smartphone yep. because they won't be calling each other leaving each other voice messages at their homes at their hotels <laughs> Uh, well, that was the, Scully has yeah. a cell phone, but if she misses his call, she just misses it. There's no caller ID on her phone, on her cell phone. Modern cell phones make this plot go away well, because that, Mulder but... could send her a text message that says, uh, killer is a shapeshifter. Be careful. Before we get into like the main crux of that. So like they're doing the whole phone tag where it's like, she's calling him being like, I think I'm being followed. Mm -hmm. I think I found something. And then, yep. and then, uh, Mulder calls a hotel that he knows Scully is going to be to be at. Be yeah, at. she said this is where I'm gonna stay. Yeah, yep. and so he calls before she even gets in. Uh, and then the guy <laughs> immediately forgets. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's just like he <laughs> literally he literally he gets off the phone. She, he's like, Mulder's like, I'm looking for Dana Scully, and the guy's like, Oh, no one here by that name. And he's like, Okay, when she gets in, tell her to call. Fox Mall. Yeah, that's the it. And then he's like, puts his pen, he breaks his pencil on the paper and looks up and just goes, Wonder who that message for again? It's just like, oh he my. He broke God. his pencil and couldn't freaking remember <laughs> who he was supposed to write them. And like, literally at that exact moment, Scully comes yeah. in and is like, I need a, I need a room with one bed for the night. And <laughs> <laughs> it's so He's like, sure, let me see what I can get you. And so Scully goes into her room and to take a shower and her phone rings. And obviously Mulder can't get hold of her because she's in the shower. And um, yeah, lost my trip. Oh, and so uh, the b uh, bounty hunter, once he kills the remaining clones, Samantha says that he's going to start chasing her. Uh, to kill her too. So, um, in the meantime, back at the place where these four clones have been held, uh, the quote unquote head marshal comes in to go talk to them, uh, and tricks the guard watching them to go get him a cup of coffee. And so now apparently these other four clones have been killed in their holding cells. We don't see it happen, but we assume um, and then back at Scully's hotel room, uh, it's like 1130 at night knocks on the door and she's like, who is it? And we hear Mulder's voice say, Scully, it's me. Uh, I got your message. And she opens the door and at the same time her phone rings and she's like, oh, hang on. And she answers her phone and on the phone is Mulder. And that's where the episode ends. 
Dun, dun, dun. dun. And it says to be continued on there as well. Dun, dun, dun. And that's Colony. I liked it. This was a fun... I mean, it's it's good that they're coming back now and, like, kind of Mm -hmm. intertwining storylines. Yes, this is... Yes, this is uh, getting back to the, the... the overall mytho- we've had a few uh monster of the weeks in a row and then this one is back to the main storyline of the of the yeah, show i like it um my only big complaint was that one guy uh <laughs> <laughs> it is really dumb it's like one i'm guy. like who wrote this <laughs> Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm very excited to watch the next one. I give it a solid A. All right. Yeah. Uh, I dig this one too. Uh, I can't quite go with an A as like a standalone episode. Just I think maybe this one combined with Endgame together. It's hard with a cliffhanger episode because, but I guess. Maybe like a, yeah, maybe like an A minus. Right. Like I'm in the same range. Um, I do think the older, the more times I revisit this show, uh, the less to me the mythology episodes hold up. For a first time watch, like I can, I, I can tell you for a first time watch the mythology episodes are some of the best one and they're still some of the best ones now but they're really some of the best ones when you're just discovering it for the first time uh but now that i've seen the show several times through i start to realize oh chris carter really loves to make things as complicated as possible almost for the sake of just to make them complicated and to to keep you on in I feel like it's sort well, of can, the same problem I have with some of the episodes of Westworld now. Well, I um, I gotta say, considering some of the I'm not gonna go into, but some of the stuff that I've been watching now make this mm-hmm. feel way more, more way cohesive uh, in terms yes. of that. Because uh, I know, yeah, we talk about Westworld. I'll, there's a yeah. show that my mom and I have been watching that is literally every episode we just sit there and go, so mm. what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'll give you that. I will say that this is a problem that has gotten worse where uh, shows almost confuse in uh, uh, complicatedness with intelligence yeah. <laughs> um, to be like, oh, this is so smart. Like you really have to you might not follow the whole thing. And it's like, no, it it might just be a little confused. So yes, the X-Files is not anywhere near as guilty as some modern TV shows of being complicated just for the sake of being complicated. And, uh, and I'm so excited for the next episode. Get Iron Man, Captain America, they get yes! Thanos, X-Files, Gonna Avengers. get America's ass. Yes, and dick. Uh, <laughs> and dick. <laughs> That was the most disappointing dick pic. I know. Ever, I was ready. It was like mostly a shadow of a dick. <laughs> Captain America's dick versus David Duchovny's dick. But guess that's not going to happen now. Nope. Probably not. <sighs> yeah. So the next episode is titled End Game. 
Uh, this is the one where we're going to figure out why Mulder is in the Arctic, suffering from severe hypothermia that he can't warm up from. <laughs> um, yeah, and... Oh, God, the episode after that is such a weird episode. Hooray! <laughs> but, but we'll get to that when we get there. So, yes, homework for next time is Endgame. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. Don't trust anyone. Trust no one. Trust everyone. The truth is out there. Bye. Bye, Gold. Bye. <laughs> The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.